Michaels, please stand.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen Hallelujah. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
Come on.
God, whose Son, Jesus, is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear His voice, we may know Him who calls us each by name, and follow where He leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right. The army of the Lord is forming. <laughs> Look at this crowd. Is this awesome? <laughs> Amen. Heavenly Father, we are all your children. But Lord, I pray especially to you for a special blessing for all of these, our youngest ones, Lord Jesus, that you would be with them as they study. Lord, as they learn about you, that you would be in their heart, strengthen them, Lord God, for their whole life ahead of them. In Jesus' name, amen. And that kid's really hard to reach. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. What a great crowd. My favorites. Oops. Our first lesson is from Acts, chapter 13. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of this salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath, have fulfilled in condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings that promise which was made to the fathers. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. As it is also written in the second psalm, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Therefore, he also says in another psalm, You will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers, and saw corruption. But he whom God God raised up saw no corruption. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that though this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins, and by him everyone who believes is justified, 
from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for our psalm. This morning's psalm is Psalm 23, and we'll say it responsively by the half verse. The Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. This morning's second reading comes from Revelation chapter 7, beginning at verse 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might, be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The word of the Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. John chapter 10, beginning at verse 22. Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. 
Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to Christ. Handles leaning. Phil, I'll keep it straight. So, you may be seated. <laughs> he and I have both been watching it. It's like one time we left it up. Uh, it was a hot during that season, and we came back, and it was like almost like way over. So we went and laid it down and put books on it. Yeah, we're hoping that it stays okay. Well, good morning, Happy Mother's Day. Hope you guys are ready. Buckle up. The Lord has been changing my word <laughs> over and over again. Last night, there was a lot of stuff in my head. You know, Psalm 23, how can you not go to Psalm 23? We'll get there, all right? And the gospel refers a little bit about it. But then last night, I was reading some other stuff, and I started getting into this, and no, 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 come back. Then this morning, I woke up at 4.30, and I'm like, oh, oh, i got to say something about that. And then I did the 7.30 service. That was a good practice run. Um, it's going to be fun. We'll see which way we go. So the gospel message, very interesting. If you have to, to really get the full thing, you've got to go back to the beginning of it. Jesus starts in John 10, and he starts talking, and he says, I am the good shepherd. And he says, no man comes into the sheepfold except by me. I am the door. So he's kind of switching back and forth between the shepherd and the door. But as a shepherd, he's the door, and he's the only way to get in. In another place in Scripture, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. Now, this is critically important, okay? So he's reading along, and I guess I should go to my notes just to try and follow it. Um, but in today's readings, it skips ahead, and he's already been talking about being the, the, the shepherd and the good shepherd and stuff. And then he says he's walking through Solomon's porch, and the Jews confront him, right? And Jesus, of course, he's not afraid to stir up trouble. Um, fair. And so he, you know, they say, tell us plainly if you're the Messiah. And he, I told you, and you didn't listen to me. That's pretty, pretty powerful. What does he say? He goes, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you do not believe. And here's the key thing, because you are not my sheep. You are not of my sheep. That's How do you tell? Right? So I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, how does he know? Well, he's, he's God, right? He's got this, the gifts of the Spirit flowing through him, the Holy Spirit speaking to him. He knows. But how are we supposed to know if you're of my sheep or not of my sheep? And, and so I, it got me thinking that way, right? That was kind of the thought that I had, and I'm going to read it. And so I go down further uh, uh, as I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, let me read this to you, and I'll tell you what got me started on this. And he goes, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. 
And I thought, okay, there's a clue here. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. And they follow me. And I said, wait a minute. I've heard this language before. And so I'm reading, and, and I go looking through some other places where Jesus is talking. In Matthew 25, he says this. When the Son of Man comes in glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from his goats. Sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left hand. And he says, well, how does he make that distinction? Which one are sheep and which one are goats? Now, right, maybe you can look at him and you can tell this is a sheep. He's all furry. This is a goat. He's hard-headed. There's obviously some things you can tell. But he says in here, and he says, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was sick, you visited me. And naked, you clothed me. And the righteous goes, when did that happen? And he goes, when you did it to the least of these. So there's some things that you did that Jesus judged. Okay, that's really good. But I'm like, wait, there was another place, though. He makes another judgment between the wicked and the righteous. When does, so in Matthew 7, I go back to Matthew 7. And here's what Jesus says. He goes, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. He can't get away from the shepherd motif, right? This metaphor carries a lot of, there's a lot of meaning in there. He says, okay, well, how do you know the difference between those who are true sheep and those who have sheep's clothing? And he goes, you will know them by their fruits. Again, it comes back to what you're doing, the fruit in your life. Not everyone who says to me, this is seven, chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you. Okay, there's something here. It's not just doing things. Because these guys said they prophesied, they cast out demons. These guys are doing works. But there's something about hearing God's voice and he knows them. It's important. Jesus makes it clear that those who hear his voice and do his will are his true sheep. In John's reading, and you go back to John's reading today, Jesus also promises that his sheep are secure in their eternal life. Now, again, he's talking to the Jews who are confronting him. And he's saying, look at my works. They testify of me. And then Jesus removes all doubt, and he tells them plainly, I and my Father are one. Okay, he answered their question. So they worship him. They bend the knee and they say, oh, it's the Messiah, hallelujah. No. They pick up stones to throw at him. What? Why? Oh, for blasphemy. So for which of my good works do you stone me? And he goes, oh, not for your good works. Oh, so they've seen the works. They knew. They watched. How could they not? People raised from the dead. The lame healed. Do you remember? I can't believe this. This whole concept it just blows my mind. Jesus is in the temple, and a guy's got a withered hand. And Jesus said, stretch out your hand, and it's healed. But it's on the Sabbath. You can't do that. How could they not see the righteousness that happened right there in front of them? The miracle. The old lady that was bent over said, stand up. And he goes, how could you not see that? I'm just like flabbergasted by these Jews, right? <laughs> 
It's not just the Jews. But in this case, they want to stone him, which is just an amazing thing, right? And then you read on in verse 37. For if I do not do the works of my father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the father is in me and I in him. This is so important to hear and obey what God's will is. Now, in today's psalm, we get another picture of, of Jesus. That's just uh, because he said, I am the good shepherd and the sheep know my voice. Well, let's. Psalm 23 is just a beautiful picture. We all know Psalm 23. We've heard it maybe a million times. I don't know. A lot of times. I've been in church for a long time. And you read Psalm 23, and it's just the metaphor is so powerful, the symbolism behind it. But I got this revelation probably yesterday in the midst of my struggles to bring this focus in. Psalm 23 doesn't work outside the church. The shepherd is never leading one sheep. He's leading a flock of sheep. I started to say herd, flock, a flock of sheep. He leads a flock of sheep. It's in the church that you see Psalm 23 having its fullest completion. That's where it happens. Now, I'm not saying that individually in your personal relationship with the Lord, Psalm 23 can mean a lot, and God can work through you through that. We all are responsible for our own heart and our own relationship with the Lord. you got to have that. My kids can't get in on mine and Mia's faith. That's why confirmation is so important when they stand here and they say, yes. Now they get slapped after that, but that's okay. That's part of the walk, right? Bishop, you don't like to slap. I noticed that. You're very gently, very gentle. There's a whole story behind that with Bishop Adler. He, fla- he slapped my mom, slapped his mom, he slapped my mom when they became a part of the church. But that's a whole different thing. They have to understand that you're a part of their faith, their individual faith. So why do I say Psalm 23 really fits inside the church? It's not hard. Just go through and look at it. The Lord is my shepherd. Guys, if you want a picture of what a shepherd does, well, his tool is... Where does Crozier go? Bishop, I put your Crozier out and used it this morning for an example, and someone moved it. The shepherd's crook. It's right there. Phil's going to go get it. Where was I? The shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. We have a picture of the shepherd right here. The bishop has the shepherd's crook because he's a picture of Jesus. Now, he is our shepherd. He is my shepherd. Okay? I have Jesus in my life in that relationship. But in the church, you have the shepherd who helps oversee pastors. You know, I, I'm one of the pastors in here. In a local church, if there's not a bishop, a pastor still functions as a shepherd, shepherding his flock. He's trying to watch over the people. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Somebody told me that when they first read that as a little kid, they thought, well, why wouldn't I want him as my shepherd? No, 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 you're reading it wrong. I shall not be in want. I shall not lack anything. I'll have whatever I need. God provides for us, and he provides for us in the church. Thank you, Phil. He provides for us in so many ways. You've got to know that there is not a person in the world who has ever 
created to walk alone. Every one of us is created to be in relationship, to be in community. This is your flock. This is where you belong. And the Lord is your shepherd, personally and corporately. There's such an important thing in my life. It's been so important to have that community as I've traveled from place to place. Wherever I went, when I went to college, I was dying for community. Yeah, there's people all around me and stuff, but I wanted people of like mind, like faith, who could encourage me, could help hold me up, could pray for me. And I could, you know, I, I look for that desperately because I'd been a part of a really great church in high school. And so I found a church. Matter of fact, Lewis and Debbie were there, and Debbie was the one who drove me to church every Sunday. <laughs> but I got to be a part of that church, a part of that community, and it was so important. And that's where there's so many gifts of the Spirit that are flowing and so many things that happen in this Psalm 24. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have it here somewhere. Because we read it. There it is. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Where do you see water being used in the Scripture? Everywhere, right? One of the chiefest sacraments. As a matter of fact, the baptismal font. We just had a baptism. I got to hold the baby and the baptism. Water is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes and you see the Holy Spirit in the church. The birth of the church on the back wall, Pentecost, is when the Holy Spirit came down and fell on the disciples and on, on Mary and, and you know everybody that was there that was a part of the disciples. And that was the beginning of the church. But that's the Holy Spirit. And then you see Jesus here in the baptism, when the Holy Spirit descends upon him, but the still waters that are there. Oh, he is thirsty. Come to me, and I will give you living waters welling up within you. This living waters, you see it personally, but you also see it in the church. That's why the baptism, you baptize them and you bring them into the church. He restores my soul. I think everybody's probably had those experiences where they've had something that's bad that's happened, where there's something you, you, you sinned, you fell out, something happened to your family or something. But I always knew that I could come to church and among the fellowship of the believers and the worship and the preaching of the word that God restores my soul. There's redemption that takes place. It takes place individually, but it takes place corporately in the body of Christ. There are people who will comfort you. There's a great picture at, um, it was a rector's council retreat years ago. And I'm coming up and I'm asking for prayer about something. I don't even remember what it was. But the, the men who were here, the other uh, uh, clergy, just laid their hands on me and prayed for me. And someone took a picture of it. And every time I, I see that picture, I think, this is restoring my soul. To tell you the truth, a lot of that happens at the home group level. Because then you get a chance for that personal ministry where you get a chance to Tell somebody in a smaller group, maybe not in a public setting, but in a smaller group, this is what's going on. These are the struggles I've been having. And in a home group is where the people in the home group, still the body of Christ, come and lay hands on you. And they minister to you. Sometimes they'll give you a prophetic word. Sometimes they'll just tell you it's going to be okay. Sometimes they'll do other things to help you out. They'll provide for you. They'll, they'll help you, you know, whatever it is. You've got to move, okay? They're there. They'll do it. So these are all kind of things that the body of Christ does. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness. Where are you going to learn about righteousness? You're going to learn about righteousness on the Internet? You're going to get a YouTube of what's righteousness or not? No, you're going to learn about it here in the body of Christ, from the teachings, from the Ten Commandments, from the examples that you see of the people around you. God leads us in that. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Like I said, there's times when things happen, and this is where you come for comfort. And in those difficult times, there's seasons when you have to go through hard times. You've all, I remember at some point when I was young, I was like, wow, I haven't had any real difficult times. Everybody's still alive. And then all of a sudden it's like boom, 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 boom. You know, when my dad passed away, it was very powerful. The church just came around me. The body of believers, my friends, my sponsor, Marty Herzog, wrote me this letter. that was just, it was so powerful. Help restore my soul and to help me get through those valley of the shadow of death, those difficult times, those dark seasons of the soul. I will fear no evil. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, you comfort me. You remember the crozier that I pointed out up here, the rod and the staff. That represents sometimes the authority. The staff was to help bring the sheep back from the edge, get them out of, maybe they fell into a ravine or something. You've got to pull them out. Whatever it is. This is the rod and the staff. This is the discipline of the Lord. That happens probably not so much by yourself. Who's going to bring correction? Who's going to bring help? In the church, this is where you get this. You get your home group leader. You get somebody who's standing with you and say, hey, listen, I see that you seem to be having a hard time here. Can we talk about this? Maybe this is not the right choice. I know that for most of the decisions I've had to make in my life, big decisions, that it's in the church that I find that guidance, the counsel that you want. You know, the, for there is wisdom in much counsel. And so this is where I find the counsel. These are the kind of things that you find within the church. If you want a picture of the next verse, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The table of the Lord is here in the church. And God prepares that for us in the midst of our enemies. And he provides for us. And it just reminds us of the self-sacrificial love of God laying down his life for us. His body, his blood to set us free. You don't find this out by yourself. You anoint my head with oil. You guys anoint yourself at home? Walk out the door, you make a little sign of the cross on your forehead? Maybe not. Maybe it's hard to do it by yourself. But the scripture says... For those who are sick, come to the elders. They'll anoint you with oil. They'll lay hands on you, and they'll pray for you. And the prayer of the righteous will help avail you of your sickness. It'll bring deliverance in your life. Sometimes it's a physical sickness. Sometimes it's another sickness. We saw this happen just in the last two weeks. The body of Christ came together and prayed for someone who was having a hard time. They had some kind of sickness, and we prayed for him multiple times. Now he can see straight. <laughs> he can drive safely now. <laughs> Well, relatively speaking. Uh, but that's because the body of Christ gathered around someone who was sick, someone who had a need. And we do this over and over again, and we anoint with oil. And the anointing with oil, there's so much in that, so much symbolism in that. Uh, even back then, there was a part of hospitality. Whenever a, a weary traveler would come in, they would wash themselves, and then they would put the oil on their head. I don't know how that works, but I know that that's what they did. Maybe it's like aftershave, right? 
So there's something about this Psalm 23 that's so powerful that God wants to minister to each of you. And he wants to minister to you in the church. He wants you to know that he's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. And it says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And then it closes with this. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is with you no matter where you go. He's with you in a special way here in the church, in the house of the Lord. And you need to always remember that. And you need to come. And because if you're coming and you're around people of like faith, you're going to wind up understanding the works. You're going to see the fruit in your life. And God's going to bless you. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to bless you in so many ways. He wants your cup to overflow. He wants to provide for you all that you need. He wants to guide you in the path of righteousness. He wants to help you make the right decisions. He wants to restore your soul if needed. You know, it's interesting. As I was reading, there was uh, uh, the whole concept of Mother's Day. And what are we going to talk about Mother's Day? And Mother's Day is a, you know, it's a little bit touchy because obviously, you know, everybody has a mother. Everybody loves their mother. They want to honor all your mothers. But there are some people who have gone through some difficult times. Maybe they couldn't have a baby. Maybe they've lost a child. I know uh, when my daughter uh, and her husband lost their first child in a miscarriage, the grief was just it was so thick and so palpable. And yet I saw the body of Christ gather around them and share the grief and to pray and to comfort them. And on this Mother's Day, whether you have a lot of children or you're waiting or maybe you've lost someone, you need to know that God is with you. And within the church, God can bring healing. He can restore your soul. Not all mothers are perfect. Um, mine is, obviously. I mean, she's here, so she's. <laughs> because the thing is, you know, even if you had a mom that was, you know, not a great mom or not perfect, or whatever, we're all broken. We're all learning. But in the body of Christ and through God's help, God can redeem all of those situations. And you have a chance, according to the baptismal covenant, for us to be parents of everybody in the church. I expect you guys to help me raise my children because you promised to do that in baptism. Now, I don't expect you to have to go give them the spanking rod. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. But there's other things you can do. You can pray for them. You can lift them up just like you did for Jesse this week. And so on this Mother's Day, we do want to honor mothers and we want to say thank you. And we have, you know, a flower for you just as a kind of a token. I mean, that's obviously not going to pay you back for all that you've done. But just to know that we, we appreciate you and uh, we're definitely four mothers in this place because we're like children. We like a lot of children, don't we? Amen. All right. Please stand. <laughs> Let us continue with the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. 
He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is risen and has given us access to the Father. Therefore, let us bring our needs before him, that the church will boldly proclaim that peace with God and eternal life flows from Christ alone. Lord, in your mercy, that all bishops, priests, and deacons, like the good shepherd, will feed, equip, and intercede for their flock. Lord, in your mercy, that governments will root out corruption and administer righteous laws without prejudice. Lord, in your mercy, that women who are expecting an unwanted child will consider adoption over abortion. Lord, in your mercy, the young men and women will respond to the call of God to serve him and his people in future generations. Lord, in your mercy, that artists, authors, songwriters, and film producers will use their talents to glorify God and influence people to righteous living. Lord, in your mercy, that we will listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and do what he says. Lord, in your mercy. Most merciful God, you sent your Son that we may be justified with you through him. Hear our prayer and give us the grace to be living examples of such great salvation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors with the peace of the Lord. Peace. Neighbor. Neighbor. Peace.
with your spirit. I want to encourage all of you. This is great. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of the, the our, our precious and wonderful mothers who are all perfect. Uh, I think that this is this is going to be a, a great uh, great week for you to pray for the children. <laughs> the ladies retreat is on starts Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday. So there will be young children left in the care of their fathers. I, now I know they'll be fine. I'm just saying it's a great time to pray that that all of the ladies of our our church and our diocese that are meeting together, that God would meet with them and speak with them and minister to them in a great and powerful way. So pray for that retreat all week long and pray for the children. <laughs> Amen. Anything else? I think that's it. See on the 21st at 9 a.m. Okay. Be there, be square. Same day, there is a walk for life for anyone who is not going to the men's meeting. That's the uh, down at the harbor, and it, it, uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center is organizing that. There's more information on the, what do we call that thing, the bulletin board outside, the outside bulletin board, right outside on this wall. Okay. Amen. No? Nope. Okay. We have a video to show up here? Right now, too. Fire them up. Are they musical? That is a great reminder. That is a great reminder. Uh, help with our food ministry. Oh, come on up, Tim. Yeah, you want to be there Mondays, 3 to 5, or other other opportunities. I really believe God has uh, put a vision in this church to Amen. feed those around us. And as you can see, we've created a grocery store out, out <laughs> in our parking lot. And uh, we had 10 volunteers here from St. Michael's that were here the last couple weeks. And there's 10 volunteers from outside, but I just want to thank all those who are showing up. And I, I want God to give a spark into your spirit as you look at that and see what's happening here at St. Michael's. Because it's what God is saying to St. Michael's right now is to feed the poor. Take care of those who are less fortunate than you. Because God needs a vision, a vision for the people. And that's the vision God's given us right now. So get involved. I mean, there's a lot of different jobs that can be done. But if you're looking for God's blessing in your life, if you're looking for miracles in your life, get involved. Amen. As we prepare to receive. 
the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. <laughs> Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you with greater joy than ever this Easter season when Christ became our paschal sacrifice. He is the true lamb who took away the sins of the world. By dying, he destroyed death. By rising, he restored our life. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise. come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples saying, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. 
Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Connie, Susan, Serena, Naomi, Sonia, Sandra, Karen, Tammy, Denisa, Giovanni, Daniel, Jonathan, Nancy, Katie, Patrick, Jesse, Marilyn, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper.
was such a great word this morning from Father Ed about the body of Christ and us being together. And there was such a great picture of this when we looked at the the second lesson this morning and said, John was writing and said, After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues and standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. (laughs) All the angels stood around the throne and the elders of the living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne. And the people of God said, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) You should never feel alone. That is the body of Christ of which we're members. And whatever you may see, whatever you may be facing, whatever the news says, we belong to a big, big army. And God is in control. But I want to add to that, this is our little army. And I couldn't ask for a better place to be or a better group of people. So, amen. Great picture of the church. Please stand. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel. That God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen. Come on.